0: The Navarasas are in a sense in understanding the complexity of human communication. They are the emotions that keep us alive. While many of us are comfortable to let them flow freely, there are so many of us who find it difficult to express our emotions, leading to strained relationships, pent up anger and loads of anxiety. Inspired by the Natyashastras, Shastras that talk in detail about the Navarasas, scholars including Bharata, who belong to the 2nd century BC, indulge in great literary details about these emotions. These stories that portray each of the Rasas have been chosen from the Mahabharata and have been integrated in a continuous, cumulative and inclusive narrative for us to be able to relieve these emotions and connect with them. This story on the Raudra Rasa unravels the agony of such emotions. This is a story of the desolate and increasingly desperate Amba who was driven by revenge for the way she was treated, the way she was kidnapped, and then discarded until she finally became Shikhandi to avenge that which scarred her life forever. Why was Amba seeking revenge? Did she just want justice? Did she seek to punish anybody other than Bhishma? Was she at any fault at all for all that had happened to her? Well, these are the questions that we will find answers to as we dwell into the story of Amba. A long time ago, the prosperous and undefeatable kingdom of Hastinapur was ruled by the statesman of the Kuru clan. He was the elder brother of the grandfather of both the Pandavas and the Kauravas and the caretaker of the kingdom. Born as the elder son of the illustrious King Shantanu and the river goddess Ganga, Devavrata or Bhishma as he was now known is the central pillar in the story of Mahabharata. It was he who influenced the turn of events at every stage by his various acts of commission and omission that paved the destiny of all those who crossed his path. The story of Amba is one such example. The king of Kashi, known as Kashya or Dharmambara, and his wife Swaragandhini had three daughters Amba, Ambika, and Ambalika. When the three princesses came of age, the parents decided to organize a Swayambara for them, as was the practice in kingdoms in those times. The news of the Swayambara spread like wildfire, and when Bhishma heard the news, he decided to participate in it so as to be able to win these princesses for his half brother, Vichitravirya. As a caretaker of the kingdom and a mentor to his stepbrother, it was his duty to arrange for the future heirs to the throne of Hastinapur as he had promised to his stepmother, Satyavati. He reached the venue of the Swayamvar like a hero and publicly announced that he was here to win the three princes' hands for his brother and that if anybody had an issue with him, they would have to face him in a battle. There was an outrage amongst most of the kings. Some of the kings present there decided to challenge Bhishma, but many others decided to quit the contest altogether. King Shalva, who was in love with Amba, also challenged Bhishma to a battle and like all the others, was badly defeated. Bhishma then valiantly took away all the three princesses to Hastinapur where they were to be married off to his stepbrother, as was the plan. As the wedding day itself drew near, the eldest of the three princesses, Amba, sought for an audience with Bhishma. With much apprehension and embarrassment, she gently disclosed to him her love for Shalva. She engaged Bhishma with her love story, begging to be left so that she may be able to marry the man she had been longing for so many years. Bhishma listened to her and after duly apologizing to her, arranges for her to leave to go to the king of the Shalva so she could marry the man of her dreams. Meanwhile, the wedding ceremony for Ambika and Ambalika to wed Vichitraveria takes place at Hastinapur. Amba reaches Shalva's palace finally. and ecstatic on the thought of meeting her lover, in spite of these impediments that force them to separate for a while, she says, I have come, O king! Here I am! She waits for him to take her in his arms and make her his queen. But Shalva refuses to marry Amba as Bhishma has already defeated him at the swayamvara when he was challenged. And accepting Amba now as his wife would be shameful on his part as though he has accepted some charity. You know I cannot accept you, Amba, said Shalva in a loud voice. Kshatriyas can only give charity and cannot accept it. I am sorry, but you are now breached by the touch of another man and I cannot dishonor my lineage and take you back in. You belong to Bhishma and your destiny can be decided only by him. Go back to him, Amba, and never ever come back here ever again. Maybe blindness and perversity had come upon the king, thought Amba. Perhaps he was mortified by his defeats at the hand of Bhishma or perhaps he was indeed an unknightly man and Amba had done ill to trust him and love him. In any case, he proved utterly unworthy of the great and faithful love of the beautiful princess. And even though she made her feelings known to him over and over again, he did not show her the slightest affection and turned away from her, casting her off, just like a snake that discards its old skin, cold and abrased with no feeling of honour or affection. Amba was aghast. And she cried and wailed, hoping that his heart would melt and accept her. But quite the contrary happened. Shalva drove the last nail in the coffin when he accused Amba of deliberately leaving him without any feeling of remorse for his love for her. He even accused her of infidelity and rejected her outright without listening to any of her reasoning. At last, Amba gave up and understood that this was probably King Shalva's intention right from the beginning. She felt all the love drain out of her heart instantly. Filled with raudra or rage, Amba rose with an unexplained pride within her. Though you cast me off, you impudent king, my righteousness will protect me. For no matter how long, truth can never be defeated. And with these words, she turned, feeling nothing. Suffering the deepest humiliation she had ever faced, Amba had no choice but to go back to Hastinapura. She prostrated in front of Vichitraveria, who refused to even look at her. Grimly, he stated, Amba, you are someone else's and I cannot marry a woman whose heart belongs to someone else. Scared, humiliated and devastated, Amba Asked Bhishma to marry her. Bhishma reminded her of his vow to remain a celibate forever. An exasperated Amba then just left Hastinapur. Once again, she felt all the good feelings in her die forever and she experienced a rage that engulfed her, choking her almost. Walking aimlessly, Amba reached the Rishis of the Naimisharanya to seek their advice. The Rishis calm her down and tell her that it is Bhishma alone who is responsible for her plight. They suggest that she seek out Parashuram who happens to be Bhishma's Guru as well. Amba, without any further delay, meet Rishi Parashuram and pray to him to help you out. There is no one else who can provide you with a respite to the agony that you have borne. Taking the blessings of the Rishis, Amba sets out to find Rishi Parashuram. After several days of walking through rivers, forests and mountains without food or water, Amba finally finds herself before Parashuram. She falls at his feet and narrates her story. Lord Parashuram calms Amba down feeling ashamed of how this wonderful princess has been treated. Don't worry, Amba. You have come to me to seek help and I shall not disappoint you. I will fix this for you. He arranges for Amba to stay and rest in his ashram and summons Bhishma. After several days, Bhishma reaches Parashuram's hermitage and prostrates before his guru. Parashurama looks at Bhishma with anger and says, Enough of your silly vow, Bhishma. It is only because of you that Amba has suffered so much. It is now your duty to set this right. Hence, I order you to marry her right now and take care of all her needs that befit a queen. Bhishma calmly listened to his guru and bowing down to him said, You are my guru. If you ask me to take away my own head, I will do it happily. But please do not ask me to break my vow. You, more than anyone else, knows the impact of the spoken word and the responsibility that goes with it. I cannot do this injustice to my forefathers and I cannot break my vow. Parashuram knows that he cannot do anything to convince Bhishma by now. He also knows that he cannot fight him Because Bhishma has a boon of Ichamrityu, or choice death. As Bhishma turns back to leave, Amba swears to destroy him. A fresh swell of rage rises in her, as though burning everything around her. And just like that, Amba storms out, breathless, infuriated and disgusted. She starts meditating on Lord Kartikeya for her revenge and she is given a lotus garland by the Lord, claiming that whoever wears this garland will be the one who will kill Bhishma. Amba roams around with the lotus flower garland from one town to another, from one village to another, announcing, Is there anybody who is willing to wear this garland and kill Bhishma? Is there anyone who is man enough to protect the honour of a noble woman? The town starts to laugh at her. People mock her, but nobody is ready to help her. Dejected all over again, Amba seeks out Lord Shiva and decides to perform severe austerities to get what she wants. She moves into the deep Himalayan mountains and silences herself with meditation. She sits on slow clad peaks. She goes into a deep state of sadhana, meditating on Mahadev. She forgoes thirst and hunger and meditates upon his names for months on end. Slowly the beautiful young Amba's body has wilted down to just bones. Pleased with her devotion, the Lord appears before her and asks her to wish for a boon. O Lord, I seek nothing else but the death of Bhishma. You must kill Bhishma for me. Shiva smiles and replies, Amba, I am pleased with your penance. I would have been happier if you had asked me to grant you a wish that would help and nourish and create for everything and everyone around you. But you have chosen to kill and destroy instead. But this is your wish. In any case, is it not best that you get to kill Bhishma yourself? Only then will you enjoy the revenge more than probably me killing him for you. Suddenly her eyes lit up and she said, How is it possible, O Lord? I am a simple woman and he is the greatest warrior. How can I kill him? The Lord replied, gender comes from flesh but the soul has no gender. I bless you that in your next life you will kill him. Amba is disappointed and she says, but in my next life I will have no memory of all of this. So how will I know the sweetness of this revenge? Smiling at the innocence of Amba, Lord Shiva says, don't worry, I will make sure that you remember when the time comes. Since you wish to experience it, I grant you that you will have it to compensate for all those things that you have suffered. My words will never be false. You shall take a new birth and sometime afterwards you shall obtain manhood. You will become a fierce warrior, well skilled in battle and while remembering the whole of this present life, you yourself with your very own hands shall be the slayer of Bhishma. Having said this, the form of the Lord disappeared from before the eyes of the assembled ascetics and Amba who was there in the midst of the forest ashram witnessing this entire episode. Without wasting even a minute, Amba proceeded to gather wood with her own hands and made a great funeral pyre on the banks of a river. Unflinching, she set a light to it and in an instant entered into it immolating herself and even as her body burned upon the throne of the rising flames she was heard saying over and over again I do this for the destruction of Bhishma I do this to obtain a new body for the destruction of Bhishma I do this and as I enter this fire I shall be back to kill him the rest as they say is the war of the Kurukshetra in the story of the Mahabharata.